Hello and welcome to Walkley Talks, our Walkley Foundation podcast series featuring some of the best journalistic talent from Australia and around the world. Today, in partnership with The Global Mail, we present a conversation with Bharat Ali Bator, who last week was awarded the inaugural Nikon Walkley Photo of the Year Award. Bharat has also been nominated for a Nikon Walkley Award for Feature Photographic Essay for his incredible collection of images documenting his journey from Afghanistan to Australia as a refugee. Fleeing persecution in Kabul, Bator travelled with 92 other passengers on a treacherous journey to Australia via Thailand, Malaysia and Indonesia. Along the way, he shot images of his fellow passengers, capturing their fear and hope and anticipation of a new life. Sadly, many of the fellow travellers Bator met never made it to safety. Bharat spoke to one of Australia's most experienced photojournalists, fellow Walkley Award winner and Director of Photography at the Global Mail, Mike Bowers. I'm talking to Bharat Ali Batur. He's an ethnic Afghani Hazara who is now a permanent resident in Australia and he is the inaugural recipient of the Nikon Walkley Press Photograph of the Year for a very strong piece of photojournalism he did on his journey to Australia as an asylum seeker. And it's a, it's a work called um, First Day at Sea, and it uh, portrays his fellow travellers, asylum seekers, on a ill-fated journey from Indonesia to Australia where the boat founded at sea and he ended up losing all his camera gear and, um, and uh, managed to keep these incredibly powerful pictures. Uh, uh, he's put them together in a work called Hazara Exodus. Um, um, but to a... Tell me about the journey from Pakistan where you had sought exile to the place where you were on the boat and you took those amazing pictures. Uh, you know what's here, uh, April, when my work was uh, published on the Washington Post, then I was uh, threatened, uh, like uh, I revealed, uh, the story was about the practice of the dancing boys and the with, uh, how the, the, the how the children are used for uh, entertainment and for sexual purposes by the warlords and uh, by the powerful people in the country. So this was a, a photo essay that ran in the Washington Post of of basically child prostitutes, is what they were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was about the child prostitutes. So it revealed the story, and I started receiving threats, and I had to leave the country, and I I moved. My family and, my, uh, and myself. To we, we went to Pakistan and got refuge there. But when we got there, the Pakistan itself was already the Quetta city. The Hazaras are were already under a big threat by the uh, Islamic militants. Uh, What's uh, the what is the Hazara population of um, of Quetta? Uh, the Hazaras are around seven hundred thousand in Quetta. Uh, their population is, and uh, they are uh, living in two parts of Quetta city, and uh, both two parts are not very big, and they are small, and uh, now they are kind of uh, uh, like uh, locked in that area. They cannot go out of that area, and they have closed their businesses, and uh, the students, they left their education, the, those who had jobs, they left their jobs, and uh, they are like the society, uh, the Hazara society in, in Quetta is kind of paralyzed. Um, but it's it's so far from most Australians' imagination um, that they could come to the point where they would 
have to place themselves in your position where you had to leave the country of your birth. Is it a very hard decision for your family and yourself to come to, to uproot everything that you knew and relocate to a, to another country? That must have been a very hard decision to take. Or was it pretty easy given that you your choices were really stay there and risk death and move? How hard was it to make that decision to move from Afghanistan? It is extremely difficult decision, like to to leave uh, the place where uh, you are living or you are you belong from, and you are, you have already a setup or your life is already running. You, you have uh, uh, did a lot of things to 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 reach to a certain stage, but uh, and definitely when somebody leaves a country and goes and travel to other places, especially in the, in these circumstances, like. It is not legal. You're not uh, uh, going through a, a proper channel to get up, uh, like through skilled migrations or getting another job or offer to to migrate some uh, for, to to migrate for good. So you need to start from zero or from scratch. So it is extremely difficult. Plus that feeling of like uh, you are being like sent away or. Or, or driven away of your country where you belong for, from and where do you, where do you, you want to leave, uh, leave the ad, uh, it is extremely harsh and difficult uh, feeling. I cannot describe in words. You, you've been working on this project for quite a while now. 2005, I believe, you began documenting the displacement of your people uh, and, and their escape from the oppression in Afghanistan. Is it hard to keep momentum for a job that has gone on for, for so long? Um, sorry, I did your pardon. Um, you've been documenting the displacement of your people, the Hazaras, um, and their escape from oppression in Afghanistan since 2005, I believe. Is, is it hard to, to, to... I mean, that's a long-term project, right? Is it hard to keep up uh, in enthusiasm for doing it or because it is... You are so wrapped up in this. It, it, it is the emotional, you know, uh, roller coaster that keeps you going, I guess, and keeps your enthusiasm for the subject going. Well, this is uh, I have a personal connection with this project because I belong from the same ethnic that who had been the victim or the target for the discrimination. So uh, I have like a kind of emotional feeling with this uh, with this story, which keeps my enthusiasm. And uh, we had I grew up uh, in that in that environment or in that psychology that uh, we had been oppressed and we had been like uh, discriminated uh, everywhere we went, like in Iran, in Afghanistan, and in Pakistan. Only in Afghanistan, like since 150 years uh, or two two centuries, we had been discriminated and like. 63 percent, 63 to 65 population, uh, percent population of uh, total Hazaras uh, had been killed in, in in Afghanistan by the king of uh, Afghanistan. Then uh, Nadir, Nadir Shah, Nadir, uh, no, sorry, Abdul Rahman, and uh, he he killed uh, 63 percent population of the Hazaras, and he built built monuments of the Hazaras and sold the slaves uh, in Central Asian countries and in, the, in other neighboring countries of so, Hazaras. So there's a long history of oppression of uh, the Hazaras. Yeah. yeah, it is a long oppression history of the Hazaras. So, and once Koita was a, a safe haven for Hazaras to escape and to live and take refuge there, but recently it has also 
converted to a very extreme uh, extreme place for the militants, religious militants, and the Taliban affiliated groups. So it is also a, a very dangerous place for Hazara. And so far, since 1999, uh, 16 to 1700 people have been brutally murdered in Quetta. And only this year, like more than 400 uh, people have been killed. So the Hazaras, the Hazaras are targeted killings in Quetta. Is that right? Tell us what it's like to live under that sort of fear. Uh, sorry? In, in, in Quetta, the Hazaras are a targeted killing by the Taliban. They, tar- they physically target you mm-hmm. to kill you. Tell mm-hmm. us what it's like living under that sort of fear. Well, uh, the life in in Quetta is very uncertain. The people they go, uh, who they li- uh, like when they leave their homes uh, in the morning, and they are not sure if they are going to come back because the the situation is very uncertain. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Where will be the another bomb blast? Where will be another suicide attack? Where where will be the next terrorist uh, waiting for someone for any Hazara waiting and to target him? So life is totally uncertain and they are roaming around and their news uh, press releases come on the uh, national newspapers and uh, they, they they release pamphlets to and threatening Hazaras to leave the country and they or they will wipe out the country uh, from the Hazaras. So this is really uncertain and the government is also very, uh, they are not doing anything and they didn't gives they didn't or they are not giving security to hazaras in in that very small city so hazaras are very hopeless and <clears throat> they have been limited as i said earlier that uh, uh, most of the hazaras uh, those who had jobs business and education most of them or you can say 99 percent of them they have left their businesses which was in areas uh, of uh, bazaars or uh, which was which were multicultural areas and they are now limited to their own areas which is a very small area of the city, right? Very, very small city, like a, a few kilometers, a few square kilometers, uh, both of them, like each of them, like a few kilometers, a few square kilometers. So you replace the danger of um, Afghanistan really for the danger of the settlement in Qatar. Yes, in in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, I I started receiving. In general, I was threatened because of my affiliation with the United States and uh, and the United States Embassy and with the UN or other international organization and being a journalist. So I was already under threat by the Taliban. So the only place which were safe that I could live was the cities where the government had strongholds. Uh, as, uh, since uh, the story was published in the Washington Post, I started receiving threats by the people in the government. Then uh, that also did not remain uh, a safe uh, place for me, so I had to leave the country. But th- that was a personal personal insecurity for me. But when I got into Quetta, so it was more of a general ge- ge- general uh, uh, general uh, insecurity or threat for all of the hazards, and I was. Among, I was also one uh, among them. Then there I decided because economically or financially I could not support there. There was no business. The society was kind of paralyzed uh, financially. No business. People were limited to their own areas, and uh, in that small area, so I couldn't feel that I I can do much here. 
to support me, myself and uh, my family, then I, I decided to leave and to go anywhere else. So I wanted to live with my family, but I didn't have enough money to, to take my complete family. So I, 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 I decided to leave myself and later on I can support them. So when did you first hear the word Australia and there might be a possibility to resettle there? Tell us how you came to, to come and undertake the journey, the very hazardous journey to Australia. Uh, well, uh, when I was in, in Pakistan, already a lot of people, they were going towards Australia and uh, uh, there were businesses that like but those people who were uh, smugglers that uh, people were dealing with, that they were taking uh, people out of the quota to take them to Australia uh, for so I also found some someone and uh, dealed with them and I paid money to take me to Indonesia so where I can have another smuggler uh, smuggler to take me to Australia so that that was it that it was not a uh, really like I really did not have much options so it was it came to me then I I availed it so tell us about the journey from Qatar to um, Indonesia. Where, where did you go? To Did you go straight to Indonesia or did you go through some other countries? Uh, I flew to Thailand. Uh, the, the smuggler, they, he got a visa for, uh, for me. I flew to Thailand and uh, my visa was only still Thailand. And uh, from Thailand to Malaysia, I... Uh, we, we, then then our, our illegal journey started. So we... We uh, we crossed the we crossed the uh, Thai we we, call, we crossed the Thailand border to Malaysia and from Malaysia to Indonesia and from Malaysia, Indonesia also uh, again I I took another boat to towards the Christmas Island. So which which failed uh, at the end. So was it important to for you to document to use your photography? to give a voice to those who don't have a voice. Tell, tell us, how, just run us through why it was important for you to photograph this journey and, and present this work. Uh, first of all, as a whole, like this uh, journey was never documented. That was the first thing that uh, uh, I had, um, like I wanted to do that. And secondly, uh, the, uh, and secondly that uh, I wanted to, I really wanted to tell the story of my people, that what my people are going through. While I was in Kuwait, I, I did some photography of the targeted killings and the genocide of the Hazars, the ongoing genocide of the Hazars. Then, <clears throat> so what I wanted to do that that I should show, I should make or complete a story to, to show to the world that what Hazars are going through and what, uh, how we are suffering and why we are taking this, this uh, risky route to travel a, a, a long way to Australia and to risk our lives and uh, put, uh, give a lot of money to get here. So what is the reason behind this? Because uh, this journey or this, uh, uh, the asylum seeker issue has been uh, presented uh, in media uh, very in a negative way. So I just wanted to put some light and to show what is happening. It was not only the asylum seeker issue, but I really wanted to put light on the ongoing genocide of the Hazaras to show it to the world like those who can make difference and they should take some serious steps to stop this or to make uh, to, to bring those characters or terrorists into justice 
But to one of the very senior um, judges uh, for the photographic part of the Walkleys, um, who's a respected and senior member, Verity Chambers, described to me um, um, earlier today that your, your pictures were, and I quote, a sock in the guts. Um, she didn't use that term lightly. Did you know at the time you were taking some very powerful pictures that were going to have a fairly big impact? I knew that I will show it to someone or I will it will have some impact but I didn't know or I didn't have any idea that it will have have impact or it will make an impact uh, on this bigger scale so I'm happy that it, it worked and I'm really happy that uh, I am successful to to sh to, uh, to raise the awareness about this issue and to show what it is actually like this journey and uh, how much is the risk and how people they go to what, what people uh, go through uh, taking this boats and, and and doing this journey so like and and to raise awareness about the ongoing issues of the hazaras and the problems uh, in afghanistan and pakistan you're not going to leave this issue here are you 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 feel that um this is just the start of this project and you wish to continue it what, what where can you take this project further now what is it you want to do definitely it will yeah, I, it is the start of the is start of the project so i need to complete it and i need to uh, do more research and documentation about this story and the, the more the more uh, uh, like the, the the genocide and the targeted killing of the Zaras has not stopped, and uh, uh, and the uh, like the Afghanistan situation is, is still uh, getting worse. So my 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 aim is to to put more light about this uh, the the uh, like the sufferings of the uh, put light, put more light on the sufferings of the Hazaras that what they are going through and to get more in depth or detailed stories about about their uh, about their killings and that, uh, being targeted by the terrorists in Pakistan especially but well, you must have met many people along this journey that didn't actually survive and didn't make it to Australia you must have come across people that you never saw again is it your hope that the pictures and your work will speak for those people that now no longer have a voice? I hope so that these pictures will have a voice for them because uh, they are usually the people that they are uh, deprived of, uh, deprived of uh, everything, and they they were treated badly and they are psychologically very uh, underestimated. So even here, so it will take them very long time or maybe generations to speak for themselves. Uh, uh, and uh, they, I think they really need a strong voice for them to to be told. And I hope that my pictures will will speak for them and and speak for those who lost their lives in the way or back the, back at their homes. The UNHCR has now classed you as a, a refugee, and you have um, permanent residency here in Australia. What what are your hopes for the future? Uh, my hopes are for the future is this that uh, I have two hopes for uh, uh, through my photographs that I hope that they can make changes for the asylum seekers and for for the people uh, on like in in for the Hazaras in Pakistan especially uh, uh, first uh, for the asylum seekers that 
the issue that in in Pakistan in Australia the asylum seeker issue is hot uh, and it is very politicized so I think it should uh, it should get some human human or human face like it should be humanized should not be it should not remain political and people should know about it and should, they should get first hand news and they should know that these people are human and they are not a political toy that they should be played or uh, the uh, the police the poli- they should be with their life they should play uh, political games so first of all and on the behalf of the hazards uh, for this asylum seeker issues that uh, and uh, to show by showing the the miseries and the uh, the sufferings of the hazards to to the government of uh, of australia and to the people of australia that hazards are really suffering and they really need a big hand and a big help by the international community not only australia but it is so generous and so kind of australian people that they have been accepting and helping uh, uh, refugees especially hazaras uh, and and they are not economical migrants and if there are economical migrants they should not the government they should not mix mix up the hazaras with them because uh, i am sure i know that they, they are not they are not here for economical economical reasons here but and, uh, second, and and secondly for the hazaras in pakistan my message and uh, my hope is that that hazaras uh, uh, that uh, my hope is this that my photographs will give or convey the message to to those in power or who can make changes like human rights or uh, different governments in the western countries or international level if they can make changes or if they can stop the ongoing genocide of the hazards uh, and uh, my hope is this that they can it, my pictures or story can convey this message and uh, i hope it will make changes for the hazards and it will do something for them former walkley press photographer of the year kate garrity told me that the your pictures just show the emotion and real feelings um, and you feel like you're on the boat with these refugees and this coverage has been sadly lacking in any press coverage of these voyages so far that's pretty high praise from someone who's at the top of their game in this country is it um, is it rewarding for you that you are receiving the respect and the and the um, adulation of the press uh, fraternity here in Australia it is rewarding, and I'm really happy that to be part of uh, Australian photography community and to have this prestigious award uh, for my work. Uh, um, plus, uh, that uh, that picture in particular, I had, uh, as I said before, that I had a very personal connection uh, uh, with that picture, and uh, actually, that picture is showing my own fear, my own emotions, because I was part of them and I was one of them. So they are like uh, they are showing my own emotions and my own feelings. I I don't think if I had uh, if I was lacking a feeling or if I was not among one of them that I could make these pictures. Well, I think you've you've succeeded marvelously. Now, um, uh, finally, Bato, you you actually lost all your equipment. It was drowned when the the boat founded. Um, how are you recovering? Have you managed to get more equipment? Are you are you because you're still working as a photographer, right? I'm still working as a photographer, and uh, I I I did uh, lost my uh, equipment when I 
when 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 our boat was in trouble and we made it to the an island and everybody was jumping into the water so i took very few last photographs and uh, jumped into the water and my camera was also fell down in the water in the salty water so it, it uh, was it is not functioning anymore and uh, luckily my uh, footages or memory cards survived so which i'm happy for but uh, yeah i'm i'm still working as a photographer and i lost my equipment well, I'm very happy the uh, the um, pictures survived too. As a fellow press photographer, I think it's just an amazing body of work. I think you should be congratulated and you should be very proud of what you have achieved. And I think you're a great adornment to the photojournalistic community here in Australia. So thanks very much for talking to me, Bator. Thank you so much, Mark Bowers, for uh, having this interview with me. Thanks for listening. You can see Barat Ali Bator's winning image and his photo essay along with all the finalists' work for the 2013 Walkley Awards at www.walkleys.com. Please subscribe to Walkley Talks on iTunes and follow the Walkleys on Twitter and Facebook for new episode updates and to be the first to know about upcoming Walkley news and events.